I think a lot of times the corporate has to first decide, you know, how much time you're able to provide from your team and how often you like to meet and the depth also of engagement in terms of like how much information, how much insight are you willing to provide. Hello and welcome to Corporate Social Impact Insights. I'm Siddharth Chatterjee from the AVPN Academy team and this is a series where we interview experts and leaders to learn about how we can amplify our contribution as practitioners in the corporate social impact space. This month, we have a special episode featuring two of my colleagues at AVPN who are doing some incredible work in youth engagement. We will be listening to Deborah Jiang, Senior Manager, and Amanda Key, Grant and Program Manager at AVPN's Capital Mobilization Team. Deborah and Amanda lead AVPN's work on youth engagement, and this includes the platform Asian Youth for Impact, or APACT. You'll hear more about that very soon. In summary, our conversation today was really a deep dive into the landscape of corporate youth engagement in Asia. Deb and Amanda give us a broad overview of the space and highlight some key archetypes of the different kinds of corporates working in youth engagement today. They also clarify the different kinds of youth engagement corporates can take on, depending on their capabilities and the outcomes that they hope to see. I'm really excited for you to hear this. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Deborah and Amanda, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Could you start us off? Tell us a little bit about the work that you do at AVPN. Hi, I'm Amanda. I've been um, with AVPN for the last six years and I've seen the journey that our network has taken to grow. And for me as a youth myself, it's been heartening to now be co-leading the youth development pillar alongside Deborah. So thank you for having us on this podcast. That's right. And I'm Deborah. And prior to AVPN, I've actually worked with social entrepreneurs and startups looking to create social and environmental impact through various incubation programs that I've been with. And several of these enterprises, in fact, have also been listed on the AVPN DualShare platform. So AVPN has not been a stranger. And together with Amanda, we are from the Capital Mobilization Team where essentially what we do is to mobilize financial and non-financial capital towards impact organizations and non-financial capital being human knowledge, social capital. And we employ innovative approaches to do so. And it translates into a range of ecosystem building and support work, such as capacity building, community engagement, and collaboration programs. And for the Asian Youth for Impact, or APAC piece for short, We started this platform two years ago with the founding support of City Foundation. And each of these initiatives on APEC has young people at the core because we believe that youths are invaluable assets, leaders, decision makers, and contributors, hence the term young impact leaders. And correspondingly, we believe and have seen that facilitating multi-sector partnerships between youths and corporates will harness such potential of youths to create impact. Thanks, Zebra. And I think as you mentioned, at AVPN, we really do believe that young people are leaders and innovators and they, they are the creators of the future. And I think that's one of the reasons why youth is a core thematic focus for us at AVPN. And you and Amanda are doing a lot of the work that we are very excited about at AVPN for youth. 
But this idea that youth are key kind of demographic and are an important asset to our world, I think that's also the thesis that a lot of corporates have, which is why a lot of corporate organizations are interested in youth engagement. But youth engagement, I'm sure, can happen in a variety of ways. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about what are the different kinds of corporate youth engagement programs that you've seen or observed or, you know, been a part of creating? Yeah, happy to do so. I think to date, we've piloted several programs as part of APEC and also spoke to various corporates. So I think to start off, to share anecdotally, we see how different corporates and youths see the value of collaboration in different ways. So for example, for corporates seeking a meaningful way to engage and develop their employees holistically, such engagements are worthwhile skills-based volunteering opportunities that in turn are seen as valuable time spent with a mentor for our young impact leaders. This could begin as a light touch opportunity and it could then you know, evolve into longer term structured programs. Then we also have corporates looking to bring youths in for outside in innovation to help them think out of the box. And they come in with a readiness to provide industry or company insights and go the long way to co-innovate with these youths as well. And youths then see this as the value of skills transfer from subject matter expert leaders in such corporations, and also even see the value in corporates validating their ideas. And yet in other cases, we have also seen that corporates that trust in the work of young impact leaders are actually keen to immediately provide funds to help them kickstart or scale their impact. So alongside the funding, some corporates may also see the value add with some level of grantee engagement at the onboarding stage, for example. So anecdotally, we can see value in different ways from the perspective of corporates and the perspective of our young impact leaders. So that's anecdotally, right? And sitting down and observing and putting this all together, we then realize that there are three possible dimensions to corporate youth engagement. There's no wrong, no right, but depending on your needs, resource availability and outcomes that corporates wish to see, you can actually map yourself on any part of this graph. So you would imagine that on the vertical axis, you have the spectrum of depth of engagement, right? How deep you like to go. And horizontally on the axis, you can have variation on the duration of engagement. And correspondingly, then on the other vertical axis, you experience varying amounts of knowledge transfer and exchange. So it could be a short duration, but deep with high frequency engagement. So like two months, you know, with weekly check-ins. It could also be longer duration with deep but low frequency engagements, like over three years with quarterly check-ins. So there's no wrong and no right, but these three dimensions help corporates have a sense, you know, of mapping what kind of engagements, what kind of collaborations they're keen to pursue. Right. Thanks so much, Deb. That's such a great overview of the different ways that that we've experienced that corporates come into youth engagement. And it's interesting to see, I think, as you said, that there's no wrong or right way to do it. So there are many ways, many touch points that you can come in, many outcomes that you can favor, and you can still succeed. And just to really quickly recap from my own memory, so there's Outside in innovation, that's one reason corporates can work with youth. There's also wanting to fund youth-led programs or young leaders. And then there's maybe skills-based volunteering 
for your own employee engagement within the organization so that's really interesting thing also want to go into a little bit that those different dimensions of engagement right so the duration the depth of engagement and the kind of outcome you're looking for so amanda i think it's a great place for you to come in could you give us a few examples of the kind of corporates that you've worked with and where they sit along the spectrum i think maybe just to take a step back as well you know as we were looking or reviewing the kind of engagements that we have we realized that the great thing about abpn is that we are a catalyst for these collaborations right because we understand the diversity of corporate sizes the level of resources that they have and the kind of desired outcomes that they wish to achieve and because we have that sort of relationship with our members we can then curate more bespoke opportunities to support collaborations on across this spectrum and ensuring that value is still created no matter where the corporate is at so keeping this in mind and applying it to the graph that Deborah had shared just now i'll just share two different pathways that we have seen corporates can embark on depending on their appetite and their resources so i'll start, first start with corporates who are looking for long term but lower touch engagement and these are typically based on what we have found corporates who are looking to effect systems change so for example city foundation right they are one of our key partners and advocates for youth development youth empowerment especially in the last decade or so you know they have grown to become such an ecosystem builder in this youth development space so for more mature corporates like city foundation they are particularly interested in supporting initiatives that look beyond siloed programs and more towards collaboration on a systemic level so that's why you know they have been able to demonstrate that they have the appetite for more enduring partnerships and also that maturity right and patience to see through long term systems change in this ecosystem and if i were to then bring it back to debra's graph again you know we will see that actually these engagements don't necessarily have to be high touch but corporates must have that discipline to build a long enough window to foster strategic relationships that can move the needle this sort of model is especially relevant for corporates with very limited human resourcing within their team yet hope to demonstrate scalable impact and this is where intermediary partners become catalytic because they can build up the corporates impact networks they can build up the pipeline of organizations on the ground whom these corporates can support So if I were to give another example right our partners BHP and Chevron they are looking to support youth mental well-being in Asia and you know through working with us we have been able to work with them to pool their corporate resources to launch a philanthropic pool fund and this fund will really go a long way to support high impact grantees and we will work closely with both the corporate funders and the grantees to ensure that they achieve the outcomes that the fund sets out to do I can name you know even a few more other corporates you know we have Micron as well we have been working with them to identify like-minded corporates who will be willing to pool their corporate expertise this time non-financial resources to support underserved youth communities so you can see that even just within one touch point 
uh, one way of engaging. There are so many different pathways or models that you can take. So that's, I think, the first pathway. And then the second pathway is one that if corporates are looking for shorter, more mid-term engagement duration, but a higher touch approach, we have seen that as well. And more often than not, these corporates are looking to drive organizational change. So for corporates looking to, as Deborah had mentioned, engage their employees in high-impact volunteering activities, this is where youth-centered mentorship or impact consultancies even can come into play. We have actually seen a growing trend, right, where corporates are willing to develop a more sustained employee engagement and development journey. So they'll be really willing to invest in shorter sprints that can potentially create a ripple effect. So one of the examples that we like to share is really the partnership that we had with Prudential Malaysia. They already have a very strong employee engagement and social impact framework. Why they wanted to come to us was really because they wanted to see how their existing initiatives could be enriched by partnering with young entrepreneurs to co-create ideas that can value add to their existing programs. So the work that we did with them, it was a four-month sprint where the mentors will come down to share feedback and work out ideas with these young entrepreneur consultants who were brought on board. But the outcomes we realized of this engagement went really beyond the actual ideas that came out of this partnership, right? I would say that actually Prudential has been able to set this precedent of you know, a strong intergenerational relationship between the senior leaders in the corporate and the young entrepreneurs. And still, while inspiring fellow corporates within our network to take on this journey as well, it has been really heartening to be able to witness how Prudential has become really a thought leader in this space. I think I just wanted to just close off my point by saying that at the end of the day, the level of engagement that the corporate and its employees want to have really depends on you know, their appetite and their level of resources at present. You know, if you are someone in a corporate who would just like to understand the youth development landscape better, so you're in a more nascent position, there is always an, a platform, a space for you to figure out, right, who's who in the game first. There are online platforms and marketplaces out there for you to join and just test waters. And you can use those community hubs to speak to youth, speak to other corporate peers, just to get a sense of what other people's experience have been like. These days, we have also really been seeing the idea of reverse mentorship being increasingly popular. And that's where young people can come in to share their experiences, can share their insights while the older generation comes in to, to listen and to better understand how they can bridge the gap. So I'll, I'll just pause here. Right. Thank you so much to both of you for really clearly laying out the space. And it's so interesting to see these different kinds of archetypes of organizations working at different levels, depending on the outcomes that they're after. And I think there's a more generalizable lesson there as well for corporates that are looking to get into any social cause or theme and not just youth. But the idea being that it can seem like there's so much to be done or there, or that everybody is thinking about the same social cause. But when you actually work through clarifying the kind of outcomes you're looking for, the level of engagement you're, that would be comfortable for you and the duration in which you want to see results, then actually it could open up a very nice niche or an, 
pretty narrow space within which you can make a pretty important and crucial contribution. It's a very interesting way to kind of lay it out. So thank you so much for doing that. One of the things that you mentioned was about where can you create value and value creation. And whenever we talk about that in the impact space, of course, it becomes about how do you actually figure out that you're creating the value that you create. So what are the success metrics that you found especially useful in these kinds of programs? Again, I think it really depends on the corporate's goals and motivations. So if you are someone like City Foundation who is looking to be an ecosystem builder, then I think you look at impact metrics like how many community members you have brought together and how many partnerships that you have developed. But if you are someone like a BHP or Chevron who is looking to demonstrate scalable impact with the limited human resourcing that you might have, then based on the mechanisms that you have developed, then you might want to look at the number of beneficiaries that you have impacted and the scale that you can reach in these markets that you're active in. It can also come in the form of the depth of understanding that you have in the youth development landscape when you are able to exchange knowledge with your fellow corporate peers or with your grantees on the ground. And I think if you are someone like a Prudential where you're really trying to create a more entrepreneurial or inclusive corporate culture, then it will really come back to, you know, how many of your employees that you have engaged and how many hours of engagement you're able to have with these employees. So I think these are some of the more quantitative metrics that you can look at. Yeah, that's very interesting. And thanks so much. I feel like this has been a masterclass, a very packed masterclass on youth engagement. I think I could write a test on youth engagement going after this. As we're drawing to the close of this, would love to hear the key takeaways that you'd want a corporate social impact practitioners interested in youth engagement from this conversation. And if they're looking to get their feet wet, where could they start? The first piece is, you know, going back to the graph again, right? I think have a think how deep you like to go and how frequent you like to have these engagements. And I think that would be a very good place to start the conversation because it's from there that ABPN can kind of like calibrate a very curated kind of approach for you. But I think a lot of times the corporate has to first decide, you know, how much time you're able to provide from your team and how often you like to meet and the depth also of engagement in terms of like how much information, how much insight are you willing to provide? So I think starting there is a good place to be yeah. so yeah. that we can have a conversation that is well-informed as well. Aside from that spectrum and starting to think about where you are on that, we shared actually quite a few case studies and, and models as well. So if any of those actually resonate with you, start from there as well. You know, if you say, hey, I sound like, I think I feel like I'm a city foundation or hey, you know, I sound like I'm a prudential that is also a place that our conversation can start. Additionally, we have also hosted a corporate roundtable this month titled Partnering Youth Leaders to Advance Corporate Purpose. And that right. dwelled deeply into this pilot program that enabled Prudential Malaysia to co-innovate with a group of young impact leaders. So this roundtable brought together that Prudential representative, but also brought together peer corporates to share their insights and best practices while also providing tips on championing corporate youth engagement within their organizations. 
So you may actually look up some of these key takeaways from the session at our APEC website. So that's actually avpn.asia slash APEC, spelled A-Y-P-A-C-T. So yeah, check it out. And we'll also have the link for APEC in the description of this podcast. So feel free to find it over there. Perfect. Quick recap, figure out what kind of engagement, what duration, what outcomes you're looking for. Get in touch with ABPN. If any of the case studies really stuck out to you, that could be an interesting model to follow up with us on. But you could also find other corporates who are doing something similar and get in touch with them. And we're, of course, a network of corporates and other social investors. So if you want to get in touch with us, always do so. It's been fantastic speaking to both of you and really, really excited to see the work that you're going to do going forward. So thank you so much, Deborah and Amanda. Wonderful speaking. Thank you so much, Sid. Corporate Social Impact Insights is part of the AVPN Academy Corporate Social Impact Center, which is established in partnership with Johnson & Johnson, Miller Trust, and Visa. The center also includes self-paced modules, a library of content, and learning circles, which are a monthly series of small group discussions for corporate practitioners. Learn more at academy.avpn.asia. This is a monthly podcast series, and we hope you will tune in for another episode soon. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.